0: Hello, Ukraine, you No, know, you know, war and peace in general. And one question I've been thinking about, which I'd like to pose to the group, is do you guys think that war is inevitable?
1: Jeez. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a heavy topic to start off with.
2: Uh, as of now, yeah, kind of. I mean, we've already seen it's, it only takes one one guy to set off this whole kind of global chain reaction where kind of every prominent power at least in you know the north northern hemisphere near the Atlantic every major power is kind of putting their own two cents into it like sanctions and you know military support and whatever and all it took was one guy and his you know crazy ambition to remake i guess the soviet union so you know even if 99.9 percent of us are like oh we you know we want to strive towards utopia we want to do things so that everybody gets a shot nobody goes hungry etc cetera, etc cetera. peace it's like all it takes is one person with the resources and you can kind of start this whole war path of suffering and then, I mean, you see there's not a lot that many people can do about it. We can put the economic sanctions on, but is, you know, is the United States government, you know, putting in the work, sending the soldiers, upholding U.S. beliefs? No, and that's like uh, a whole geopolitical, I guess, dominoes of like one thing leads to another and everything can be sourced back to this and that and the other thing. It goes back like a hundred years. So probably like World War II, even before that. So to answer your question, as of right now, war is sort of inevitable.
3: I think approaching the question, sort of taking a step back outside of the context of uh, the Ukraine and Russia thing that's happening right now, I think war is inevitable as long as there is a lack of resources and there are leaders, right? And it's inevitable that there is going to be a lack of resources at some point because a population will only grow as large as its resources will allow it to, right? Which means that there will always be a lack of resources. Um, And as long as there are leaders who want to try and acquire more resources for their people or for themselves there will always be war because that's sort of what's at the root of war is like this idea of like gaining more power or gaining more resources and I don't believe in people enough (laughs) to think that we would want to share for one if we had more resources or two that we'd want to peacefully work things out if we were at a lack of resources for me it it, like the fact that war has been a thing for this long it almost feels like human nature that it's this competitive um and that humanity in general is sort of competitive i feel like i feel like if we haven't grown out of it at this point war is most definitely inevitable Mm. You know whether it's for power, whether it's for resources, and I mean resources equal power, right? So it all sort of stems into this one sort of big idea of trying to sort of keep power. I think, then I think there will always be a power-hungry individual um, in any group of people, and somebody who's motivated enough will will try to conquer, right? You know, even if you only have one person who has that kind of motivation, I think it's kind of like what you were saying, John. It only really takes one person. If you just have that one person who is motivated in that way, um, but I think it's inevitable. Let me put it this way I think it's inevitable that you will have one person who's motivated in that way, and therefore war is kind of inevitable.
1: Yeah, I also think of that in similar terms. One of the, like, examples that I have is think of it like maybe just not war necessarily, but, like, fighting, right? You know, the fact that we have uh, contact sports specifically, the thing I'm, like, talking about is, like, MMA, right? UFC fighting. You know, the people that go and fight have this strive to prove to themselves and to each other, right, through their fighting ability. And it's not because they necessarily hate a person, Right. It's just this innate human nature of wanting to fight, right? And wanting to be better than someone else, right? And in sports specifically, it may not necessarily be for a negative cause, right? You're not necessarily trying to cause harm because you hate a person, right? But it's just what you want. It's, it's a way to vent. And it's, it's a way that we've seen throughout many sports. You know, we have football, we have uh, boxing, right? All these very, very heavy contact sports. And, you know, people get a thrill out of them. And it's just one of the things that is at least to some degree innate. So to think that, like, we can 100% get rid of that, you know, facet of our human nature, I think is kind of not realistic. Maybe in the bigger scheme of uh, wars, there might be a small possibility that we can avoid any major wars. But in at least in the facet of fighting, in the facet of people wanting to compete, with their bodies with one another right contact to contact i think that will never personally i don't think that will ever go away and i mean sports have been around for a really long time and you know they kept going because people have to strive to keep on competing with each other and you know give each other a good thrill by fighting against one another and i mean it's pretty popular i mean we've all seen at least clips of uc fights and they're thrilling right they're entertaining So even as bystanders, where we wouldn't necessarily do that, we get a thrill out of seeing people do that. So at least in the case of fighting, I don't think that will ever go away. But there could be perhaps some future where we could do that instead of necessarily waging war with one another completely lethal. lethal I
2: mean, I would even argue that it's not even human nature to do these things. It's kind of like animal nature. It's the animal part of us. Because if you look at our closest relatives, the great apes, uh, specifically chimps, are very aggressive towards each other, and they, like, kill each other. And when you give an ape a gun, it's like, well, now you can kill each other more efficiently. You sounded a little bit
3: too much like when you give a mouse a cookie. <laughs> when you give an ape a yeah, gun. <laughs> when, you gave, when you give an ape a gun, you get, like,
2: Planet of the Apes. But, uh, no, like, like, seriously, it's... Uh, It's almost like our animal nature, because I I would argue that human nature is like uh, helping each other, like having uh, sympathy towards each other. And, you know, you you see people all around like um, physically disabled people, for example, like we've we've kind of taken great steps into making things accessible and we don't like leave people in the dirt. We don't like, oh, you know, you're not good enough. Like, you know, we have accessible ramps. And I mean, this is a very crude example. But you get what I'm saying. It's like the human nature is kind of like helping each other. I would say, or cooperation.
3: I disagree. Actually, I think that that's not part of human nature. I think that that is learned behavior, and I think what's actually at our core is, um, is the sort of com- is our competitive nature, and I think that in so many ways that's repressed. Uh, and what's substituted is human nature because human nature, like, or, sorry, not human nature, what you're describing as being human nature, because that sort of is working towards the betterment of a larger society, right? And, and these are things that we're sort of told are uh, good in a way and sort of make us feel good. And I think in some way, like, if we see the people that we love benefiting, um, from you know things that we do for example like like it's uh, let me put it this way like it's easy to sort of make that connection when it's in relation to people that you love but our empathy doesn't really extend beyond who we know and I think that in so many ways like what you're describing is more it's more geared towards like what we, like an idealistic, like what we wish and want to think human nature is, but it's closer to learned behavior. And I think
0: so much of human nature is actually uh, repressed. Mm, yeah, I It's a good point. I kind of agree with both of you, actually. I was thinking about in terms of your, it's our animal brain. There is like some neuroscience to it. Like our older, more reptilian parts are driven by fear and survival. And so fear and survival gives you more violence, right? And our more, kind of recent evolutionary parts of the brain like the prefrontal cortex which is like a rational thinking brain um is kind of our more human like it's what distinguishes us you know like that very like big prefrontal cortex is what distinguishes us from other you know animals with brains but at the same time i agree with the learn thing where it's also like if you think of babies right i mean a baby is like harmless right like they're they're so pure and innocent like they don't They don't know anything, right? But then they learn from the adults, right? They learn. And I think that's why parenting, I mean, this even gets into like parenting, but parenting is really important because what happens in development with a child is like so important to how they end up as adults. And so like, there's definitely a learned thing to it. Like, I think if you put, you know, a hundred babies in the room (laughs) and they represented like, you know, the world, I don't know, just left them there, kind of, like, fed them or whatever. Model UN, but with children. <laughs> Model UN, but with children. Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you'd have ha- Havoc break out at some point, but, like, I mean. No, I think you
3: bringing in babies is a really interesting, like, concept. Like, what is, like, somebody, like, a very pure version of a human. Exactly, mm, exactly. And um, uh, sort of to support what you were saying, I had a, I, I don't, I had a friend... I don't know what the source exactly was. So this could be completely untrue. Um, But I had a friend who said that she uh, read something somewhere that in essence, uh, the babies were sort of shown these videos of uh, like, like these abstract videos of like shapes sort of interacting with each other in some way. Um, And, there was one video where it was sort of evident that the shapes were sort of fighting and moving erratically and another where it sort of felt like one shape was helping another shape and the babies reacted much more positively to the one where they were help, where the one shape was helping the other shape right in this video so it sort of supports the idea that there is like this inherent nature of wanting to help and be kind um, like I said, I I don't know what study no, this was. I've seen um, that video actually. You have? I've oh, okay.
0: That. So that does exist. Cool. Okay, that's good. I'm not crazy. <laughs> and I I think that gets at the idea of maybe maybe both sides exist in babies, yeah. like the positive side, like the cooperative side, and then the more competitive, maybe even violent side. And I feel like it's whichever one you feed is the one that oh. they and ends up like tipping the balance. Yeah. So if you're I don't know, feeding them with even like simple things like if they're not, you know, uh, if they don't receive enough nutrition even or if they don't receive enough parental love, like there was this um, video I was watching recently about the Romanian orphanages where these children are kind of deprived of like motherly or parental love. Yeah. And they just they're completely developmentally like very different, very, yeah, very different. And so. It even gets into the developmental like part of human nature. And it's really interesting um, to completely <laughs> go on a completely different sidetrack going back to um, kind of war and violence in general. I was reading this book by my favorite neuroscientist, David Eagleman, and it's called Incognito. Highly recommend. In one of the pages, he talks about that there is a set of genes that makes humans with those set of genes I think it was like 10 or 20 times more likely to be violent to commit uh, like aggressive crimes stuff like that and I was like whoa maybe there's a genetic thing to this where if we take out those genes then you know we could have a more peaceful society (laughs) the catch line the catch line was though so I read through that I was like oh my god we can solve all humanity's problems (laughs) the catch line was that set of genes is called the Y-chromosome. <laughs> so, oh, oh, ha, ha. And if you, I if you have this set of genes, <laughs> you are called a biological male. Wow. So That's crazy. I, I was kind of getting into this, you know, when we were discussing this before, but very theoretical, maybe a little controversial. And I know we all are males in this room. I'm not trying to like bring down males, but it would be interesting because, you know, historically we've had way more male leaders Um, And even today, I mean, I think there's been more and more female um, leaders, but it would be interesting to see or like run like, (laughs) I mean, you can't really run a simulation, but it'd be interesting to see what the world would look like if it were led predominantly by females who are biologically, you know, just if you think about it evolutionarily, men have had to be more aggressive because we've been, you know, the hunters and, you know, we've had to be like killing animals and fighting and whatever. So there is a biological um kind of nature to it but it's just a thought experiment like do you guys think the world would be more peaceful with female leaders like i don't know it's just an idea
2: that's such like a i don't know the right word for it i i don't want to say like charged question no it is it is it's such like it's very controversial that's why i'm (laughs) because it's there's so many factors like you could talk about this for two three four hours of like all these different things like you, you could say oh you know, if, you know, if we're talking about human nature, is it in human nature to to let like, you know, or I guess, or I guess elect or allow female leaders as opposed to men, because that's not what the historical precedent says. But does the historical precedent really matter when we now are in an age of more acceptance and sort of defying norms and, you know, just recently first uh, black female Supreme Court Justice. Yeah. First time ever. Country's been around for 250 years. So, you know, there's so many factors into it. I don't even know where to start, honestly.
3: Yeah, for real. I I was kind of thinking the same thing. It just seems like a, like you said, there are so many factors that sort of go into it. And I think there's not enough, like, like, I I don't know. I feel like I don't have enough knowledge to, like, answer this question <laughs> and like feel good about my answer yeah. if that makes sense
1: that's yeah that, that's that's a rough i mean the, the only thing i can really pull from is like or you guys probably also is like from your mother figures right like that's th- right. really the only at least for me that's really the only like person i can really think of like that has an authority figure in my life that's been like a woman that's always been there for me right but i think we, that's also like very biased in a way because we were talking about someone that has had a child and at least in my experience that has been very empathetic to that child which you know maybe if you were a woman but has never have never had a child and never had to deal with kids and maybe you didn't like kids so maybe your view maybe you're maybe less empathetic Uh, could be so. There's a lot of factors to go on, but I think it would be if if we are if we were able to run a simulation at the very least, it would be really interesting to see what would happen.
3: I think like one thing I can say with confidence is that I want to see more representation. Oh, definitely in world leaders, you know, specifically as far as gender goes, right? I really would love to see more um, women. Stepping into power for sure. I think that that could be so incredibly beneficial for the world. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about one gender um, like sort of dominating uh, any field at all. Um, but I really want to see more representation um, as far as there being male and female. Like I want to see more female leaders essentially. yeah, for sure.
2: Uh, one thing i will say is uh i at least believe in sort of like a meritocracy it's like you earn the position you get right? yeah. Like you, you prove yourself and i mean there's a lot of factors that go into it um and maybe there should be more like you said representation in like the education of of materials to to groups of people and then i have a feeling that once that is equal you'll start seeing more and more different people have the same qualifications for the same thing and one thing i've noticed is that in the world there's not a lot of meritocracy i mean the united states really doesn't have meritocracy
1: in in many ways at least not in the way they want like the us wants to think about it exactly
2: it's like you look at joe biden it's like i don't think anybody really wants like i don't think anybody like loves joe biden cuz it's like <laughs> You know he he's he's a good guy, I'll say that, and I like I like him, but he, you know he he's everybody can agree he's kind of losing his faculties, and it's like is did he really get to that position on merit or did he get there because the Democrats wanted him to or you know the Democrats couldn't figure out anybody else that they would you know they, they could put into the seat of power. Same with Russia, you really think. You know Putin got to his position because he was the most qualified politician, the most qualified diplomat, and you know what what makes him so qualified that he can restore his term every four years. You know what I mean? So it's you know it's a lot of not meritocracy, and I think that may be the uh, a big driving force in a lot of world issues. And then you see, I just want to bring up one more thing. You see things where, uh, you know, in, in Ukraine, the Ukrainian president, I would argue that he's gotten to where he is because of his prowess, not because of, you know, some external force trying to put him in there in, in like a manufactured way. So like, I feel like he earned it. He was like a comedian back in the day. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and he's sort of using his, uh, I guess, people power, his charisma. He was able to get himself into a, a, a seat where, I mean, I'm sure he is extremely stressed and everything but he got himself into a seat of power and i think he's impressing everybody the man his... has balls of steel yeah i would say the yeah, fact yeah, that he was able to real. like
1: stay like if he was truly just like a political figure just to be a political figure he would have fled but he didn't
2: exactly so i feel like yeah. and that he's set earned... the tone
0: for the entire war yeah like yeah for him, he and the ukrainian people i have so much respect for like i cannot imagine like the difficulty that they're going through and they're so resilient and like balls of steel. That's all I can say. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So yeah, he earned it. Yeah. no, he,
0: Yeah. But I think, I think it's also charisma. I think people like charisma a lot. Like, I mean, I don't want to say that like Donald Trump, for example, has charisma in my opinion, but (laughs) maybe a type of, I think people, people, people enjoy him. Like, they find him entertaining. Yes. He, he <laughs> was a kidding. meme. He was literally, he got free, like, advertising. People just memed him, memefied him like crazy. Yeah. That gave him so much exposure. He was just a joke at the beginning. And people memefied, or is that the right word, memefied? Yeah. Memified it can him. be a word if you want it <laughs> <that> to <laughs> be. I hereby proclaim memefied <laughs> a word. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this, I think this kind of gets into the bigger picture of things where, it kind of gets into democracy. And if you look at, like, you know, the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, and if you look at Putin, these leaders, whatever fragment of communism or whatever freedom there was, it's pretty much gone. Like, those uh, countries have become pretty much totalitarian. Like like you said, the leaders just keep expanding their term, even though they're not really supposed to. And that's why I'm so glad in the U.S. I don't know. I mean, I know... John is like, maybe it's at risk, but I'm very happy that we have a two-term limit because otherwise we'd maybe have people, you know, go on and on and on, like FDR. Like, that's literally why they had to put the term limit because he served, like, four terms. And they were like, yeah, we got to stop this. Um, But it gets into the question of kind of democracy, I feel like, is fading and fading more and more, especially with, like, digital... If you just look at you know like Russian propaganda during this war, you know people are believing complete lies. Like the Russian people are being lied to, and even other countries around the world who are not necessarily involved, like they're believing it too. And it's so easy to fake things nowadays. And there's so much. What is it called? Um. Uh, like the fake videos. What, what is deep fake? Deep fakes. Yeah. There we go. Deep fakes. Like what? Like this kind of goes into our you know discussion on like what is truth. Like, oh, right, yeah. It's it's very scary. Like, I feel like democracy is becoming less and less of a thing. And like, it also begs the question of how do we just elect better leaders? <laughs> like, I feel like the worst people end up in power. I mean, just historically too. And it's like, I guess it's a two pronged question. Like, how can we put better people in power, and how can we, I guess, battle you know, the misinformation war and promote truth, if that even is a thing.
2: Well, that's the thing. It's like the misinformation war um, has no really clearly defined uh, enemy, I guess you could say, because the truth changes all the time. And the things that you were saying, it reminded me of, of conversations I've had within like the past week where I learned something new that completely... Well, I didn't completely reform my worldview, but for example, the the limit on a president's uh years in office, the, the limit is actually ten. Well oh, yeah. wait, really? Wait, what? Yeah. On a, a, like it it's it's like a technicality thing. It's it's like not eight years. It's actually Oh, 10 you mean because
0: years. it's like the January of that they get inaugurated
2: no it's it's weird i think it has something to do with uh, becoming a uh, vice president yeah, yeah. and like then if you get like if inheriting your vice president the president or something like that then oh, you can terms. gotcha so it's actually oh, 10 years and it's like okay. that's not like a wait so why 10 years why would it not be like 12 years probably because if if you if you're if you're vi- if your president dies and you you assume the role of office f- for a time and that is more than Uh, two years it's like that you're technically the the president of of the most of the term so okay okay Okay. you're basically serving a whole term so more than half basically yeah Yeah. okay but the the limit is like 10 years that's interesting and i i I mean it's not like mind-blowing but you guys found it kind of interesting right and it was something i never (laughs) knew and it was like a a, like the truth that i didn't know but it was the truth and um another thing i was talking to one of my friends he's in east. Asia economy and he was telling me about how China like the economy is actually quite uh, free it's like liberal almost and and I mean there's a lot to be said about you know sweatshops and decreasing labor costs and stuff but he was telling me like even though the government is kind of very conservative and very strict the the economy is very free and I was like I never you know I, I I didn't think to separate the two you know what I mean so like truth is always changing basically is what I'm, what I'm gonna say and um we see videos and news about ukraine we see propaganda from russia and it's like who's i mean i think we all kind of know who's on the right side yeah but it's like how do we even combat misinformation when we don't even know who the enemy is right
0: i mean i think in this crisis it's pretty clear yeah like this is this is one of the few things where it's like there's a very clear aggressor there's a very clear defender and victim i would say so but even just like like i've been very on top of like the ukrainian crisis like i've been following it every day and just but even thinking about like the news that i follow like it's maybe three or four sources consistently because those are the people who are predominantly reporting on it still Um, because other You know, stations have kind of focused on other things since it's been quite a while now. Um, And I feel like public interest has also kind of dwindled. I feel like it's like, there's the same thing with like the Black Lives Matter protests where it's like after two weeks, people just stop talking about it. You know, people are like, trends tend to have a very short lifespan.
2: Yeah, different news week. I mean, people don't want to see the same thing. Exactly. People want new stuff. News is entertainment.
0: Exactly. But it got me thinking about like, even the stuff that they're reporting it's biased right like I mean obviously I'm on the Ukrainian side but even like you know looking at CNN or New York Times like you know there's people behind this news and there's bias behind it and maybe they're framing things in a different way or you know people in terms in in times of crisis like remember at the beginning of the COVID pandemic I thought that masks were not effective and I'm a scientist (laughs) like what is this so it's it's very easy to get caught up in not necessarily things that are not necessarily true and so i'm always questioning like is what i'm reading true or is there some kind of bias or manipulation of the information even though i'm you know kind of inclined to believe it is true
2: some american news sources by the way are uh, actually defending some of russia's actions Mm. <laughs> Tucker I, was, Carlson.
3: I was going to ask you which ones but then i realized i probably don't there's have only to, one. to know there's, there's <laughs> only
2: one or two but you know you're right basically yeah. you're right it's it's all about presentation of the facts
1: and i and i think even that specifically as like an example just kind of goes to show that like even if you provide other types of news right news that could be said that are objectively more true or more objective in the general sense that they don't have as much bias or anything. People just sometimes just don't want to listen. And that's like what it is. Yeah. It's not even that they're not given the tools to. It's just that for whatever reason, they just choose to look the other way and continue on with their lives. As So and, and at that point, I mean, you can't really force anyone to do anything, which is kind of sad. Uh, in some in some cases, right? So, I mean, just some, something to think about as well.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been a very fruitful discussion. I was not expecting it to turn into human nature and democracy and... Truth. Tr- the truth war, once again, kind of reigns supreme. It's funny so, how it always seems to return to that. It always seems to return to that. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that's a pandemic of its own, a crisis of its own. that's happening worldwide. You know, it's the digital era and so it's very important to keep it in mind um but yeah so this has been a very interesting discussion um to our listeners out there i would advise you to like keep you know keep uh even though the you know a lot of your news sources may not be covering it as much like keep in touch with the crisis because it's you know very important to know what's going on in the world obviously keep in touch with other things going on in the world too um but also question what you're listening you know even if it seems like it's you know the right thing and you know question where your news comes from um and yeah so on that note uh thank you guys for a great discussion and we'll see you next time bye see ya see ya hi